name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. It seems like only a few minutes since we were here last night, and it was Christmas Eve, and we are left from last night with many memories. Memories of manger scenes and choirs of angels, shepherds tending their flocks, and at the early service, the children who were just absolutely precious. And that's etched in our memories, not only from that last night, but from the years past, years and years. And those visions of angels and archangels and shepherds all are a result of what St. Luke and St. Matthew have brought us in the Christmas story. And those thoughts, those manger scenes, they decorate our homes. And they've become tradition. Yet this morning we have this gospel, the one I've just read from the Gospel of John. And it is a totally, totally different Christmas story. It is the prologue, the beginning, if you will, of the Gospel of John. It's John's version of the Christmas story. It's John's version of the story of Christ. Not as a baby, but as Christ, as Emmanuel, as God with us. John very distinctively and intentionally gives us a different story. A more complete version, if you will, of Christ's coming into the world. Now John was a resident of the city of Ephesus, which is in modern-day Turkey. And Ephesus was a community not only of a sizable Jewish population, but it was also a city containing Greeks. And the Greeks used a concept called logos, which translated into English simply means, and Greek doesn't always translate well into English, means word. He uses this to explain Christ, to to describe the power and the force behind Christ and the creation. Logos is the base of some English words. For example, logic. John is telling us that this cute little baby that's in the manger, this helpless little baby in the manger, is the Word, the Logos of God, the Word of God, the logic, the reason, the understanding of God. And he also tells us that before there was creation, before there was creation, before there was matter in the universe, before there was light, before there was life, 
In the beginning, there was the word, the logos, the reason. He also tells us that there is a mastermind behind all of creation, one whom through all things were created. Christ was not just that innocent child, you see. Not just the object of the angelic choirs or the shepherds watching, but much, much, much more. Now John tells us four very important things. He tells us many other things, but four I want to concentrate on this morning that are very specific and important. To understand where he is going. The first is that Christ was there at the beginning. Before creation. Which tells us that Christ was not created. But pre-existed. God's word. Logos is eternal. God was always like Jesus. And what Jesus did in his coming among us was to allow mankind to see the eternal and unchanging love and grace of God. He allowed mankind to see and understand God without a human taint. Secondly, the word was with God. An inseparable relationship and existence between God and the word. No one can tell us what God is like or what God's will is or what God's love and God's heart and God's mind are like except Jesus, who is the Word. Thirdly, John tells us that the Word was God. Jesus as the Word is so perfectly the same as God in mind and heart and being that in Him we can perfectly see what God is like. In Jesus alone, in Jesus alone, God is perfectly revealed. Jesus tells us, his disciples, whoever has seen me has seen the Father. All that the Father has been, all that the Father will be, and all that he desires for his children are found in Jesus. And Jesus alone. Lastly, that Christ was made flesh. 
Or in other words, he became human. Incarnate. He becomes God breaking through into human existence. What has come into being in him was life. And the life was the light of all people. These four statements that I've just been through with you, taken as one, as a combined thought, give us a clear statement of comfort and assurance that Jesus is the pre-existent word of God and that he has always been and that he will always be. Thank God that there will never ever be a day throughout all eternity that doesn't include Jesus Christ. No matter where we wind up or what we have to face as we travel through this world, we can rest assured that the pre-existent one is and always will be there for us and with us. God with us, Emmanuel. The word becoming flesh is a decisive event in human history. And in fact, the history of all creation. This incarnation, this becoming human, changes God's relationship with us as well as our relationship with him. The incarnation means that we can see, hear, and know God. That God is truly with us. Emmanuel. The incarnation also allows us to know him in ways that would otherwise be impossible. God does not remain outside the human experience, my brothers and sisters, but now becomes part of it. God does not stay distant from us, remote or isolated, rather through Jesus. Through the word, God chooses to live with us. In the midst of our human weaknesses, our confusion, our pain. And he does this not so that he can taste human experience and understand us. But rather so that we can understand him. So that he can be revealed to us. Jesus, as the Word, is God revealed. Is God revealed to us? Throughout history, there have been flashes of God, of His presence, and we see them recorded in the Jewish Scripture, revealing Himself. To mankind, but it is only, my brothers and sisters, it is only through Jesus Christ that he is totally revealed. For us, the knowledge of God could not, even in the smallest way, 
be part of our own initiative or our own doing, but only through God's own efforts is it possible for us to know God. To think that humans might, even in the smallest way, be able to conceptualize God in all of his grandeur is presumptive and full of conceit. Knowing God is only available to us through his grace. And it is in the life of Jesus Christ that we are able to read that grace. And likewise, the only way to receive grace is through him. Through this word. Through Christ. And if we continue, if we continue to look at Jesus as God, and at the same time, Look at him as the revealer of God. We can begin to understand the enormous power that that small baby in the manger would wield in his own time and down through the millennia. The revelation of God and God's love is certainly a glorious thing to behold. And that's what John is trying to portray in his prologue this morning, in this gospel reading. And this morning, as, as you come to this communion rail, to receive the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ, you will be able to experience God's affirming love for his children and know that Jesus Christ continues daily to reveal God's love to you. Revealed through your love for one another. Revealed for your, through your love for your neighbor. And revealed through the love you have shown for the hungry, for the sick. And yes, the love that you even have for your enemies. Jesus is revealing to us the unlimited love of God, the very nature of God. And if we don't remember anything else from this homily this morning, let us remember each time, each time that we experience the awe and majesty of God's presence. And the hair on the back of our neck stands up and we feel his presence that is Jesus actively revealing the Father to us. And it was for that reason and for our salvation that he became flesh, became that baby in the manger, became Emmanuel, became God with us. And my brothers and sisters, he is still with us. Let all honor, let all glory, let all praise be to him. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.